Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Coast to Coast podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm Misha. And today we're going to be giving our first thoughts on the first week of Call of Duty Warzone, the new Battle Royale mode released by Call of Duty. And we're also going to be talking about our viewer's guide that Kyle created for those of you catching up on Westworld, which just premiered the first episode of its season three on HBO last night. Uh, but before we get into that, what's what's going on in your world, Kyle? Um, I think we're all kind of experiencing the same thing with this whole virus <laughs> yeah. thing, and I'm sure people are kind of over that conversation, so we don't have to spend too much on it. But um, the good thing is, if you are homebound and you know you have nothing to listen to, and maybe this is your first time listening to the podcast, you could definitely check out our library of episodes and. Uh, that should take up some of your time. I think we, in the future, are going to start maybe experimenting with a video version. So um, I guess if this ever happens again, you can watch the video. But um, <laughs> yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. So the city of San Francisco actually just ordered a mandate where people have to stay indoors until April 7th. Um, so basically like a virtual lockdown. And people are really only allowed to leave to get food or go to the, to the doctor, things like that. So it's been kind of stressful here and it's had an impact on business. So uh, it is a little frustrating to see people in places that are less affected kind of laugh in the face of some of the CDC's recommendations about public gatherings or going to bars, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's obnoxious. You know, I'm doing my best. And yeah, it's a little obnoxious. Um, but thankfully, you know, I think this, you know, with a little perspective, this could be a positive time for some people to do things that they hadn't done before, like listen to the Coast to Coast podcast for the first time or read a book maybe mm -hmm, right. <laughs> um, or, you know, binge a show or a movie that you've been wanting to, to start for a long time. So um, I'm trying to stay positive about it all. It's definitely something that like I don't think you and I have really ever experienced in our lifetimes, something of this this magnitude. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And inevitably, it is kind of affecting the world of entertainment. You know, we've seen a few movies and, you know, major productions delay the releases of their movies until, uh, you know, it's a little safer for people to be out and about. But, um, yeah, and we're doing it as best as we can. Yeah. So, well, I don't think that should affect any of our content coming out. I mean, there's so many things that are on television right now. I know um, I'm a member of the Regal Unlimited club or whatever um and i just got an email saying that regal is closing all of their theaters like pretty much indefinitely until further mm -hmm. notice so cl clearly for the next few weeks or month or so we won't be covering new cinema but um it might be a fun time to maybe do like some throwbacks or maybe cover some shows that we've been watching um, yeah some themed episodes here and there yeah definitely and we're certainly playing yeah. plenty of games now that we're kind of homebound. So, yeah, that's a good point, and that probably is a good segue into our first topic, which is um, kind of our thoughts on the release of Call of Duty's new Warzone Battle Royale mode. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the isolation has really just begun for myself. That necess hasn't necessarily been an excuse for me not to play the game, and I've gotten quite a few games in. Um, but I'm interested to see what, what your thoughts are so far in the first week. 
Yeah, so um so Call of Duty Warzone it's it's super fun. It's it's a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I think that mm-hmm. um Activision is doing a really good job kind of not only getting into the battle royale scene but also kind of making it their own because it it seems like battle royale is such an easy thing to do. Um but they're able somehow to come up with their own spin and and uh it's really fun and I think that I think it's going to be here definitely to stay for a while until at least the next Call of Duty comes out. Yeah, it it's extremely fun to just pick up and play. Um, I think this is probably the most approachable battle royale in terms of just the learning curve. Um, I think they addressed a few things that are somewhat barriers to entry for some people to play battle royale games. I think not having individual attachments that you add to guns and instead picking up like modded versions of guns or um, fully kitted guns is really helpful and helps speed up gameplay. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of my enjoyment kind of comes with Warzone's relaxed like take on looting, how you were kind of talking about mm-hmm. how because I remember like in PUBG um or some of the other battle royale games we played, it's just like nothing like turns me off battle royale more than like spending 20 minutes like fiddling with weapons, getting ammo, finding attachments and and that's not really how Warzone rolls, I guess I'd say there there's no backpacks and there's there's barely even an inventory screen. So a lot of that game play is faster and you just get right into the action and, and you don't have to waste time on those like minuscule things that aren't really important. Yeah. And no, like worrying about getting shot while you're looting or, um, some of the more like rage inducing aspects of games. Um, and I've also found that I feel like, it stays pretty balanced in terms of the weapons people have towards the end of the game where it's like you're you're really in the fight the entire game it's not really dependent on you getting like a lucky loot Mm -hmm. um i also think the respawn system is really interesting uh really i guess if you're zooming out the whole economy aspect of the game um where you can at certain buy stations you can revive dead teammates or buy self-revive kits or even score streaks um yeah makes focusing on the economy aspect of the game, you know, all that more important. And, um, I, I, yeah, I just, I really enjoy the economy system as well. Well, I think the gulag system, it kind of eases the frustration that I feel dying off pretty early in other battle Royale games. And, and actually kind of encourages me to take more risk in the beginning of games. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like yeah because sometimes yeah. you die like randomly right. when you when you right. first drop yeah and i kind of love like that emotional payoff of kind of like earning a second chance um mm-hmm. like a mono a mono duel um so that's kind of fun to do and kind of like you were talking about before with the you you die quicker but you also heal faster which i think is is pretty important and just the whole game um, from a comparison, I think the firefights they feel closest to Apex, though mm-hmm. Call of Duty's higher um, lethality, I guess, is I guess more in line with my shooter preferences. You know, in Apex, 
you a series of like increasingly powerful body shots can soak up pretty much an entire like round of ammo and and with apex's like tiered armor system it definitely makes a lot of situations feel one-sided which call of duty has a pretty much even playing field um so far yeah i agree and i think the gunfights like you said they're not entirely like hit scan so there is a degree of like bullet drop at far distances um but no getting like sniped from across maps like in some other brs i do want to touch on one thing that you brought up was the health regeneration which i really like that they don't introduce any sort of like med kit um or you know like adrenaline or anything like that that helps to regenerate your health it just automatically regenerates because that is another kind of rage inducing aspect of some brs if you're not well equipped near an end of the round and you're just like low on health you're not gonna um, contest whereas in call of duty you will take damage but if you don't die you'll your health will re regenerate automatically much like in sort of like a regular online game mode in call of duty yeah it kind of um, takes away and, from that that rng like randomness aspect you were talking about earlier like oh you mm -hmm. drop and if you don't find any heals then like there's no way you can win the game where in this one it's it definitely has a higher balance i guess on gun skill versus mm -hmm. having just to find a bunch of health packs totally and there's definitely no shortage of guns as it goes so obviously you drop with a pistol which is pretty cool because sometimes for me the really annoying parts of some brs is that you have to search for a weapon i know i've been really critical of apex legends for that you know like landing and only finding like shields and helmets and things like that mm -hmm. um so i feel like weapons are more um more common uh, and i think the diversity of the map has been really cool too there's just some really cool locations and um I have kind of noticed a lot of people tend to just like hang out on rooftops and snipe people. Yeah. Um, but, but besides that, um, every game I've played has been very unique. Um, felt like I've been in it, you know, for the most part, been competitive. Um, and it's just like really fast paced, really easy to pick up and like so much fun to just keep playing over and over again. Cause the games also don't run that long. Right. Yeah. And I think um, like we, we've been talking about a lot of, a lot of things that we love about Warzone, and um, I do think that it's going to need to have a lot of updates, whether it's like mm -hmm. tweaks with the map or weapons or um, things like that, because that's kind of how Fortnite and Apex Legends kind of continue to grip its audience. They'll it'll be stale for like a couple weeks, maybe a month, and then it'll drop like this big update or this new addition to the map, and then everyone starts playing again. So um, I think. Warzone is fine for now. Again, it's only been out for a week, um, but you can kind of see like the mm -hmm. you the more you play and um, like I think we even talked about it in one of our games that they're gonna have to adjust some of the drop zones and and bring some new content in order to stay fresh. Yeah. So, what is at the top of your list for things that you would like to see changed with the next update? Um, so, I think a lot of the things. Um, like for instance, in when you're in the gulag, that one v one, um, second chance fight, I don't think there should be any sort of grenades, lethal or non-lethal. Um, I think it just should be strictly yeah. guns and, um, just because it's 
it just kind of throws off that one v one kind of tense fight that you have. Um, just like oh, I'll just I'll just lob a flash or I'll just throw a Molotov and kill someone, and that's not really that's not really what I think Call of Duty is going for. Um, but besides that, the other thing I would probably do is up the loadout buy. Uh, right now, I think to buy your own loadouts, it's about six thousand um, dollars. Mm-hmm. I think they should maybe double that to twelve thousand or or thirteen thousand, just because people can make some pretty sweet loadouts, and the guns, of course, mm-hmm. that you have in your loadouts, you can't find in the game. So if you get someone that's pretty yeah. good with a sniper, or that M4, and they just go and they <laughs> buy it, you know, like six thousand dollars split between three teammates, you can find that in two buildings. Yeah, it's not much. You get in one gunfight and you're probably set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, people, I definitely noticed after the first day of playing that people got significantly better because they realized, you know, you could bring in, like I've noticed consistently people using that loadout drop. Um, lots of people use loadouts with thermal scopes, which makes it really easy to spot people across a large, diverse map. Um and then things like you know, like a sixteen time scope on a sniper rifle, which basically makes it like a PUBG sort of outfit where you're gonna snipe people from thousands of meters away. Yeah, that's pretty um, crazy. And I do agree with your comments about the gulag. You know, the gulag conceptually should be this sort of like second chance place that's relies more on skill than like luck. Like if you were to die from like some random when you first drop. So it should really just be based on what you can do with your gun skill, you know? So I agree with no utility there. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I thought was weird for me is more of kind of a preferential thing um, is the fact that they give kill credits to players who kill downed players, even if they're not the one who initially downed them, which uh, Mm -hmm. it kind of like flies in the face of most battle royale logic. Um almost to the point that you think like they had to have had made like a conscious decision about it at some point and it was like they just decided to do that does does it feel weird to you that you yeah um because the hard part is getting them down it's easier just to shoot someone while they're on the ground and you shouldn't be awarded the kill for that yeah um but yeah, I think that's weird. And again, it's sort of a nitpicky thing. But at the end of a match, like you don't necessarily remember every detail from the match. So sometimes mm-hmm. I find myself questioning. Like, for instance, I had like eleven kills in a game the other day with you. I think, mm-hmm. and while I'm sure I had like a pretty significant amount, I didn't really know exactly how many I had. Like truly, how many people I downed. Right. Um, so it kind of like leaves something to be desired in terms of like comparing your performances to previous ones or or to like a teammates right but i guess if you look at it in terms of like how many kills your team got that number is of course the same yeah Um, for sure and i think actually right now the kill record is 78 wow by a team yeah one team and just to kind of put that into perspective warzone drops 150 players and there's, mm-hmm. you know, in a, into a battle of three-person squads, you know, so 50 squads per match. And, and this team killed 78 people, which is about 52% of the match participants. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's going to be tough. They The team 
just a bunch of like just random guys on the internet. They also originally had the world record at 67, um, and then they had 73, and then they just got 78 uh, about two days ago. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like one of those more fast-paced games where you're going to be seeing higher kill counts. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Another thing that I've noticed is I feel like in Battle Royales, you rely on audio cues a lot, mm-hmm. and the audio cues in Warzone don't seem to be... like I feel like they'll have to bump up the volume for like enemy footsteps because there have been times where like I've been surprised by players or I've been surprised running up on players and they didn't hear me and I'm just like on top of them and you know kind of freak out a little bit um so yeah, i think for sure. you know some of the audio cues could use a little bit of work mm-hmm. um, but there's not really too much else that comes to mind I, like you said i think they got to keep it fresh but i've enjoyed it so far yeah and it's new so you know we'll, we'll keep playing it and we'll keep sharing our thoughts um every so often about what we're thinking if you're definitely playing warzone let us know and we always want to hear your input on that sort of thing but it seems like um, we're going to transition now to television for Westworld season three. Um, so this is a show that I pretty I watched pretty intensely the first and second season. Um, I was watching the show. I was listening to a Westworld specific podcast like that would analyze scene by scene. And then I kind of got away from it um, for a bit and I haven't jumped back into it yet it just came out last night um but this is definitely a show that i need to kind of gain the energy and like the mental toughness to watch um because it's gonna be a wild ride and and um i guess before we get into our kind of user's guide did did you enjoy the first two seasons are you are you gonna be watching uh season three yeah i I really enjoyed the first season. I found the second season to be much more confusing than the first. Um, This show is just full of so many twists. And I think one criticism of the show has always been that, like, you know, early on, fans really got into the fan theories of season one and ended up actually, like, predicting how season one was going to end. And many people thought that season two was written trying to like outsmart fan theorists and mm-hmm. just like going for crazy twists. Right. Um, but I, I've always, I've always really been a fan of Westworld. I think it's really intriguing that they're out um, kind of into the real world now and the latest development from the last season. Um, I need this guide almost as much as any of our listeners may need it because <laughs> um, it's been about a year and plenty of shows in between. And I can you know, you kind of remember the rough, uh, outlined, but with such a detailed show like Westworld, I think something like this would be really helpful for people to kind of get their bearings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, this show is, it's about consciousness and the future and what it means to be alive and the greed of massive corporations and the quest for immortality. Um, there's robots, these Robots originally existed for millionaires to have sex with and or murder at a kind of of debaucherous Disney world, I guess you could say. And then they got smart and they planned a revolution. And some of the real people are secretly robots too. You know, one guy was real, then returned as a robot, but his robot was murdered and his consciousness was (laughs) stolen to to be placed into another robot. Yeah, this is a pretty straightforward show, really. 
Um, <laughs> at one point, there's a robot, um, Madam in the Wild West brothel, escaped. She escaped to look for her robot daughter and ended up in an amusement park based on feudal Japan. There's a whole, this whole thing's going on, and some of the robots have escaped into the real world, like you've said. Others went to what appears to be robot heaven. Um, sometimes Anthony Hopkins shows up to be a ghost. So, so I guess, I guess, you know, I take it back. Westworld is not a simple show. Westworld is very confusing at times, often on purpose, occasionally in ways that pay off thoughtful and, and profound, um, ways that kind of meditate on existence other times in ways that will leave you saying, wait, you know, who's that guy again? Um, and it's, it's a fun watch though, even if there's no way you remember or understand everything that has happened in the show's first two seasons. And yeah, and that's, that's really why we're doing this is kind of a casual viewer's guide to Westworld uh, as we head into the upcoming third season, which premiered last night on HBO. Um, and I think, you know, with the scene that Kyle is setting is because it is somewhat of a mind bending, complicated show. Um, so it's not going to be a comprehensive, exhaustive look at the show that touches on every development we've seen to date. I, we really wouldn't want to do that to you or really ourselves, which respect each other too much for that. And we respect you guys. Um, what it is, however, are some highlights that will probably be helpful and useful going forward. Um, four of them specifically, and we're going to try to keep this as simple as possible for all of us. So here we go. So the first is on Delos, briefly. So Delos is this billion dollar company, I think you'd call them more of a corporation, that owns and operates the theme parks where this all started. Um, there's a bunch of them. So there's Westworld, um, which is kind of this wild west world. Then we discover there are more like Shogun World, which has samurais and that's sort of feudal Japan uh, dynamic that Kyle was speaking to. But that was never really the point. The parks were used as part of an evil misdirect, first as a way to build psychological profiles of the one percenter guests and or blackmail them with their acts of robot murder sex. Second, as a backdoor to immortality by creating a system where your consciousness can be downloaded into a robot host that you can just swap out every now and then for the rest of time. So the controlling shareholder of Delos at present is William, AKA the man in black, AKA head Ed Harris. And I forget the other Jimmy Simpson, I think is the other actor who plays mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Who is also the park's most hopelessly, hopelessly obsessed gamer feels a little too relatable <laughs> and a guy who killed his real daughter because he thought she was a robot sent to torment him by the park's creative mastermind Ford who's played of course by Sir Anthony Hopkins Ford set up the robot revolution in motion at the end of season one by having Dolores blow his brains out in front of the entire Dalos board <laughs> well, yeah well speaking of Dolores so number two is so characters alive and deceased and in limbo and and also we'll do this briefly. So here it goes. And I promise this is the simple version. I, I kind of thought about this and this is the, the most simple that I could come up with for these characters that I think are important for us to touch on. So Dolores, Dolores started out as a, a sweet farmer's daughter and eventually evolved into the lead robot revolutionary, um, a blonde bringer of doom, if you would, who, who became pretty much hell-bent on freeing the host at the parks by breaking the chains that enslaved, the t enslaved them. Um, her quest kind of resulted in a classic she-knows-too-much situation, which itself resulted in Bernard shooting and killing her, but then 
creating a robot version of Delos of a Delos executive named Charlotte to house her brain. And then Charloris or Dorlet sending all the robot data to some as <laughs> some as yet unknown location and, and fleeing the park. But of course not before killing Bernard and taking his brain with her to plop into a new Bernard in the real world. So this is a lot of information. And again, this is the simple version. So if you need to pause it, we definitely understand. So touching on Bernard slash Arnold. So Arnold was one of the park's original creative minds before he got cold feet about it all and had the robots murder him. He was played by Jeffrey Wright, um, a phenomenal actor. Bernard is basically a robot version of Arnold, also played by Jeffrey Wright. Um, that was created by Ford to build the park. And Bernard is the most existential or yeah, most existential and troubled character on the show, both because he didn't know he was a robot at all until very recently. And because he also wanted to stop Dolores, but actually ended up helping her before she, before she killed him. And of course, smuggled him out of the facility to help her continue the revolution in the real world. Um, there's, there's some more about Bernard and Arnold, but that's probably good enough. And then we have Charlotte, who is a Delos executive who tried to get in the way and was killed by Bernard, who then created a robot version of her and plopped Dolores' brain into it so she could escape. So quite a cast of characters. Um, and then, of course, we also have Maeve, uh, the aforementioned former robot robot brothel madam who became what could be most simply described as the Keanu Reeves of the show, a kind of mix of Neo's ability to manipulate his world with his brain and John Wick's, John Wick's lust for bloody revenge. She became obsessed with getting her robot daughter into the park's robot heaven, also known as the Valley Beyond. It was kind of a whole thing and was mowed down by a heavily armed Delo security team in the process. She is dead. She probably won't remain dead though, thanks to two human technicians named Felix and Sylvester, who A, survived the robot revolution, B, are total hapless idiots, <laughs> and C, are named after famous cartoon cats. Coincidentally, I think not. Mm -hmm. We like Maeve. Maeve is cool, long live Maeve. Probably one of my favorite characters in the show. Oh yeah. And then we have the man in black. So we touched on him a little earlier. He's basically in charge of the park, which he used and manipulated to live out his wildest and most violent fantasies. He ended up getting in way too deep. When we last saw him, he had his hand mangled by a gun that Dolores booby-trapped, washed up on a beach with the other human survivors, and in a post credit scene that apparently took place in the future, was getting interrogated by a robot version of the real-life daughter he once killed because he thought she was a robot. I really have any idea what's going on with him, but I do very much appreciate that there's a television show out there that lets Ed Harris make evil faces five or six times an episode. Because that's kind of his MO. Mm -hmm. uh, so next are various dead people who may or may not return because who the hell knows? I mean, with this show, you never really do. So we have Teddy, the sweet white hat robot cowboy played by James Marsden, who was reprogrammed to be an evil maniac and then put out of his misery. Lee Sizemore, the useless human weasel who wrote the stories for the parks and once got so drunk at work that he peed off a balcony and onto a working map of the facilities. 
you know, with this whole coronavirus thing, probably <laughs> wouldn't happen with everybody working from home. Uh, with Hector is the handsome robot Safecracker who traveled with Maeve and who shows up in the season three trailer, which is great news for us because there are so few handsome robot Safecrackers on television these days. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have Elsie, Bernard's poor human protege who got too close to the truth and was held hostage in a cave for weeks before getting out and promptly getting killed by Charlotte. Yeah, so going on to number three, if number two wasn't enough for you, we have (laughs) pretty much these robots are on the loose. And as alluded to a number of times already, the robots have broken out. Or really one robot has broken out with the intention of multiplying. Dolores' anarchy-obsessed brain is currently in the body of a robot version of Charlotte with a case (laughs) filled with at least five additional robot brains including Bernard's and, again, possibly Maeve's. She is obsessed with revenge against humanity and is, is apparently in a futuristic city in what appears to be the home owned by Arnold before he was killed by a robot and then, of course, was resurrected as a robot named Bernard, who, again, was also killed by a robot. Following along yet? So early reports imply that this new season is a little less mind bendy, which is probably good and probably inevitable because like I'm, I'm giving you the most basic version of it right now. (laughs) And I I think we still sound like lunatics and I won't lie though. A part of me does kind of hope the show takes a hard left and gets even weirder. Um, I kind of love the chaos of it all, you know, put two of the robots on the moon and never tell us why or how they're up there and, you know, see what I care. Yeah, I mean, for all you know, you just predicted the end of season three. Um, So the fourth point is essentially we're going to have the likes of Aaron Paul, Lena Waithe, and Marshawn Lynch on the show now. Um, I'm personally very happy to see Aaron Paul on my television again. Uh, Lena Waithe is great. Marshawn Lynch, how can you not love a Skittles-loving running back who best moments were hijacking the injury (laughs) gator cart during a post-game celebration in college and whipping it around the football field. And two, ripping off a touchdown that ended up with him leaping into the end zone backwards while grabbing his crotch and resulted in a roar from the home crowd that was so loud it rumbled the ground with enough force to register on the Richter scale. So neither of those things have anything to do with this upcoming season. I just kind of wanted to mention them. So stand by. Uh, Actually, we don't know much of anything about these characters or what they're up to. Are they helping Dolores? Are they trying to stop her? Are they robot versions of themselves? Is Aaron Paul playing a robot version of Jesse Pinkman, who is still on the run from the police years after the end of both Breaking Bad and its follow-up movie, El Camino? Too soon to say. (laughs) Yeah, so this, again, Westworld premiered last night on HBO, um, being Monday, Monday night. So we we are going to try to maybe get into Westworld as a little bit of coverage. But again, like I said earlier, it is super complex right now. And it does take a lot of mental energy to sit down and, and kind of watch and explore this show. But if everyone's up for it, then um, we'll definitely give it a shot. But we don't really want to spend too much on it because we, we like to watch so many other things. And we explore so many other avenues of entertainment that we don't want to f- just clutter our our show with it, just strictly Westworld coverage. Um, but yeah, I th- I think... We'll probably get into it later on. Um, but did you have any closing remarks? I don't know if we had much left on this episode. 
Yeah, I mean, so I haven't seen the first episode, the premiere of Westworld yet, like you said. Um, we'll probably cover it um, at some point, you know, during its the course of its season. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's it for me. I'm going to be kind of quarantined and isolated in my apartment, um, trying to figure out what to do with myself indoors for eight hours. I'm sure a large part of it will involve Call of Duty Warzone, but uh, <laughs> for now, stand by. Yeah, and I, I'm still... My job is a little bit more um, hands-on, I guess, with with people and consumers. So I'm not quarantined just yet. We're kind of running like this virtual office. So um, I still have to pop in occasionally, but emails and phone can definitely be answered remotely. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. We didn't have any listener mail. Um Again, you can send that to us through anchor.fm slash coastpodcast, or you can send it to us on Twitter at C2C Podcasting. And for now, we will talk at you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.